Some of you were here last week when we had a visit from the Indigo Girls. People remember that? <laughs> we went to the mountain, we went to the workout. Remember that? So we went to the mountain, or more accurately, the JCC, right? For Shavuot, for the holiday of receiving Torah this past Shabbat. To receive Torah, to receive wisdom, to hear great teachers and musicians, and here we are on Shabbat Acharei Shavuot, the Shabbat that is after Shavuot, after the big reveal, the big revelation, the big... Every year, pretty much week in, week out, year in, year out, well, not every year, but most years, the weekly wisdom that we read tomorrow morning, the weekly wisdom otherwise known as Parshat HaShavuah, the portion of the week, is Parshat Naso. Naso, which is according to many commentators, it is the longest parsha in the Torah because it comes after Sinai. Right? We come back from Sinai and there's so much coming down. If you look in the Zohar, the book of Jewish mysticism, the Bible of Jewish mysticism, it's the longest parsha of commentary, is in Naso. Naso, which means to lift up, which in this context biblically means not lifting up, but counting. And it begins with this verse, Naso et Rosh b'nei Gershon gamhem, levet avotam, levet mishpechotam, lift up, count the Gershonites, them too. So even though Naso tomorrow morning will have a wide range, maybe one of the most beautiful parshiot, it has the blessing of the Kohanim, one of the oldest prayers in the Western world. It has Elements having to do with the Levites. There's all these wonderful things. I almost never make it past that first verse. Because as a last child, and as someone who has two little boys, one of whom is always saying, me too. Gam heim. It triggers me right away. Gam heim means them too. Count the Gershonites, who are Levites. They're one of the three clans of the Levites. Don't forget them. Gam heim. Them too. And that problem, actually, which we're going to get to much later on, well, not much, but in a couple of minutes. <laughs> that gam heim, them too, it actually discloses a deeper problem with the entire verse which the rabbis of the Talmud and then the Midrash pick up on. There's a problem with the verse. Naso et rosh benegir shon. Count the Gershonites. So all of Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, is about counting. It's a census. And so last week we were counting the Levite clan. There are three clans of the Levites. The Levites are the ones who carry all of the different pieces of the tabernacle, the portable sanctuary in the desert. And there are three clans of Levites. In order of their birth, there is Gershon, Kehat, Mirari. Those are the three clans. Gershon, Kehat, Mirari. And so when the Parsha this week begins with counting the Gershonites, you might think, oh, they're the eldest, and all of the census taking goes by chronology, so they're the first of the three clans. But wait a minute, says the Midrash. Last week, in As the Torah Turned, in the last portion, the Kehatites jumped the gun. 
The Kehatites, the second clan, right? Gershon, Kehat, Merari. The Torah counted the Kehatites before their older brother, the Gershonites. Says the Midrash, what's going on? Is this another example of where the second child in the Bible is always jumping over? What happened to the Bechorah? What happened to that birthright of the Gershonites? To say the Midrash, here's the reason. You see, every Levite clan had to carry something important in the tabernacle. And the Kehatites, the second clan, they got to carry this, the Ark, with the Torah in it. And says the Midrash, because they were carrying the Torah, they got counted first for the honor of Torah. What's the problem with that answer? Why were they chosen to carry the Torah? Why weren't the Gershonites? Why weren't the Gershonites? This is the opinion of the Kliakar, the 16th century exegete. The Kliakar says, Hagufa Kasha. Wonderful. Now we know why the Kehatites jumped over their older brothers, the Gershonites. But why wasn't Gershon, the older brother, given the privilege, the honor, the prestige to carry Torah? And here's the Kliakar. It says, just like we have a Midrash, we have other places in the rabbinic tradition that say the Torah is given in the desert in order to teach you that the Torah belongs to everyone just as the desert belongs to everyone. Kol haRotzel anyone who wants to come and take Torah can come and take Torah. Says the Kliakar, the reason why the Gershonites, the elder tribe, didn't receive Torah was to teach all of us that even if we're not born first, even if we don't have the pedigree of a Bechor, of a firstborn, even if we don't have that prestige, the Torah belongs to us too. The Torah belongs to everyone. Hakol Shavin Bo. Hakol Shavin, what a beautiful phrase. Hakol Shavin, they, everyone is equal. It's an open door, an open table. It's a buffet. It's all you can eat Torah. <laughs> the only thing you have to show at the door is your desire, and it's open door. Open door. Come on in. This similar democratization of Torah, as it were, or spirituality, or proximity to the divine, is expressed in another piece of this week's portion. The Nazarite, the Nazir. The Nazir is the famous institution of asceticism that is sanctioned by the Torah to some degree. The Nazarite can promise, can swear himself off from wine. He's not allowed to cut his hair. This Nazarite in one frame is another expression of this hakol shavinbo. In a world where the tabernacle is only for the priests or the Levites, along comes the Nazarite and says, you know something, I also want holiness. Hakol shavinbo, I also want to, to be, I want to yearn for something more than what I was quote-unquote given. Right? I want to be a priest. Right, like that joke that everybody knows that a guy comes to the rabbi of his shul. We know this joke, right? He says, Rabbi, I want to be a Kohen. I want to be a priest. I want to be able to rise up to the bima and give the priestly blessing, the Spock blessing. And the rabbi says, no, you can't do it. I'm sorry. Comes back the next week and he offers him 10,000. Says, no, 20, 30, 100. Finally offers him a quarter of a million dollars to the rabbi. He says, make me into a priest. And he says, fine. If you're going to give me that much money, fine. But let me ask you one question. Why is it that you want to be a priest? He says, well, listen, I'll begin here. My father was a priest. My grandfather was a priest. We don't all become priests. 
Says the Nazir, that's not going to stop me. I too want that. Hakol Shavinbo. There's something in me that also wants that. And I aspire for greatness. This brings us back to the role of the Nazir. The Nazir, says Erica Brown, is the gadfly of the community. Because the Nazir stands on the periphery of the community, on the margins, isn't born into anything holy, but actually chooses it, that individual, that, as it were, that dissenter called the Nazir, acts as the conscience of the community. In their yearning, their aspiration for more, they show the community what it isn't yet. Now let's get back to the gam hem, those two words, me too. The me too of the older son should remind us of another gam, which is the gam of Ephraim and Menashe. When Jacob comes to bless his grandchildren, Joseph places the bechor, the elder first, and the younger. They switch the hands. And if you look there, Jacob reassures Joseph that the younger one the older one, rather, will also be great, but the younger one will be greater still. What does it mean to say, me too, as a bechor, as an elder son? To say, me too, gamheim, means to say that even if you've given that mantle of Torah, the keter, the crown of Torah, don't forget about those who came before you. Gamheim, include them also in your journey. Don't only go forward, don't only grab what is your portion, but also respect and deeply honor that which came before you. Gamheim, them too. To be in a world of Gamheim is to be the Nazir that eventually has to come back to the community. To be in the world of Gamheim is to live in a world where integration is more important than excellence, where integration is greater than separation. To live in a world of gamheim, them too means that I bring all of myself, all of myself as well, the older, the younger, it's all present. This is a very special Shabbat for me personally because it is this Shabbat here in this community that we are welcoming the present and future leaders and past leaders of the Movement for Jewish Renewal. Together with Romamu and like-minded organizations like Labshul, Rabbis Without Borders, Chazon, and others, we are carrying forth the life and the legacy of another great Kohen, a great priest, Rabbi Zalman Shakhtar Shalom, Shalom, peace be upon him. Not only was Rabbi Zalman a great Kohen, someone who had been born into the crown of Torah, he was also a modern-day Nazir of sorts. He too looked beyond what was called for in practices like Echo Kashrut. He too often led from the periphery of Jewish life, from a vision that was way ahead of his time. And ultimately, though, he was born with that prestigious pedigree and that incredible inheritance. He claimed that all who want can come and take their portion, Hakol Shavinbo, all are equal and welcome. It is an open door. Ironic, of course, that that priest, that Kohen, would teach us that lesson, but he also taught us the lesson of Gamheim. He said, 
in his own inimitable way that any future paradigm must be built upon the paradigm that came before. Gam heim, them too. Backward compatibility of our current program, our current software needs to be connected. To claim Torah and to claim your portion and to ignore the Bechor, the one who came before, is to commit the sin of forgetting Gamheim them too. That Gamheim and that Hakol Shavinbo, everyone can take, and we too, all of us, must remember. It's happening all the time now. In every place you walk in Jewish life, whether it's here, whether it's in San Diego, whether it's in Israel, wherever it is, there is a call for those who didn't know before, who weren't born with it, who felt excluded from, who felt isolated, to say, it's mine. It belongs to me too. I will come and take it. It's my chalik, it's my portion. And they're also saying something profound about gamheim, the transgender and the gender the pre-modern, the modern, the post-modern, every level and line of development in an integral Judaism. In a Judaism that integrates what came before, Gamheim, that integrates what is present here across the span, and that has an eye towards the future. That's Gamheim, them too. We won't find a better example of this union of us too and everyone belongs, everyone has a portion, then tomorrow morning here at Romamu. Tomorrow morning here at Romamu, probably at around 11 o'clock if you're counting, eight people, eight individuals, each of them with their own unique story, their unique draw, each of them with their special place mentored by great teachers, including Rabbi Jessica Kate Meyer and other Samuel Klein and Zohar Atkins. Each of those eight will take their place. They will claim Hakosh Shavinbo. We might not have been born with the pedigree, or maybe we were, but Gam Anu, us too. We too want to become B-mitzvahs, B'nai mitzvahs. We want to become those who say it's never too late it's never too far away. That's the power of the legacy of those who say, Gam Anu, Gam Heim, Akosha Vinbo. So it is a special Shabbat. It's Shabbat after Sinai, and the question the Torah asks us every year is as we said last week, right? Are you ready? Are you hungry? Well, eight of you said, yeah, we're ready. And we're hungry. We're hungry for that, that place in Torah, that place in, in this family. You inspire us. We can't wait to see you tomorrow. And I want to bless each and every one of you who is here tonight, whether you came to honor them or you came to honor Shabbat or whatever it is. It's up to us to take this, this amazing project called Yiddishkeit forward into the world. It's up to us to claim what belongs to us. It's up to us to honor what came before. All of those things, nothing less.